0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 1, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: A minister passing through his church in the middle of the day, decided to pass by the altar to see who had come to pray. Just then, the back door opened and a man came down the aisle. The minister frowned as he saw that the man hadn't shaved in a while. His shirt was kind of shabby and his coat was torn and frayed. The man knelt, he bowed his head, then he rose and walked away. In the days that followed, each noontime came this chap. Each time he knelt, just for a moment, a lunch pail in his lap. While the minister's suspicions grew, with robbery a main fear, he decided to stop the man and ask him, what are you doing here? The old man said he worked down the road. Lunch was a half hour Lunchtime was his prayer time for finding strength and power. I stay only moments, see, because the factory is so far away. As I kneel here talking to the Lord, this is kind of what I say. I just came again to tell you, Lord, how happy I've been since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. Don't know much how to pray, but I think about you every day. So Jesus... This is Jim checking in today. The minister, feeling foolish, told Jim that was fine. He told the man he was welcome to come and pray, just any time. Time to go, Jim smiled, said thanks. He hurried to the door. The minister knelt at the altar. He had never done it before. His cold heart melted, warm with love, and met with Jesus there. As the tears flowed in his heart, he repeated old Jim's prayer. I just came again to tell you, Lord, how happy I've been since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. Don't know much how to pray, but I think about you every day. So Jesus, this is me checking in today. Well, past noon one day, the minister noticed that old Jim hadn't come. As more days passed without Jim, he began to worry some. At the factory, he asked about him, learning he was ill. The hospital staff was worried, but he'd given them a thrill. The week that Jim was with them brought changes in the ward. His smiles, a joy contagious, changed people were his reward. The head nurse couldn't understand why Jim was so glad when no flowers, calls, or cards came, not a visitor he had. The minister stayed by his bed. He voiced the nurse's concern. No friends came to show they cared. He had nowhere to turn. Looking surprised, old Jim spoke up with a winsome smile. The nurse is wrong. She couldn't know. They didn't here all the while, every day at noon. He's here. A dear friend of mine, you see. He sits right down. He takes my hand. He leans over and he says to me, I just came again to tell you, Jim, how happy I've been. Since we found this friendship and I took away your sin, always love to hear you pray. I think about you every day. And so Jim, this is Jesus checking in today. Isn't that great? Love it. I'll wait while you clap your hands. And I've read that a hundred times, and I can't I can't read it without getting. You know, so if you were with us last week, we concluded our study in Hebrews just by show of hands. Were you with me last week? And uh, we concluded our book, our study in Hebrews. And I hope you learned something. What a blessed book that was. And um, I told you that uh, chapter one through chapter 12 Um, is doctrine, and and I told you that chapters 1 through chapters 12 all boiled down to chapter 13, which talks about one word, love. And I thought that we might look at love as demonstrated in the person of Christ who, because of love, died for our sins. Somebody say amen. amen. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, and uh, turning your Bibles to the Gospel of John, if you need a Bible, ushers run quickly down the aisles and hand one to whomever. The Gospel of John, and um, I've titled this sermon an introduction to the Gospel of John. And we're gonna turn to the Gospel of John, but we're actually not gonna get to verse one. And um, but I just want you to turn there because you need something to do. And uh, so John. Uh, The Gospel of John. And uh, if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, uh, you know that Matthew, Mark, and Luke are often known as, anybody know what they're known as? The Synoptic Gospels. You got it. If you're taking notes, get your pen, get your pad. You need to take some notes. Uh, Synoptic Gospels. Synoptic, S-Y-N-O-P-T-I-C Gospels. The word synoptic means to see together. In other words, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are pretty much the same format. They focus more on what Jesus taught and did in Galilee. The Gospel of John focuses more on who Jesus is and what he did in Jerusalem. So then it's wrong to think that John is the completion of three other Gospels, of the other three Gospels, because John 21, 25, you might wanna write that down, makes it clear that Jesus' story can never be completed. So then you might ask, I have been asked, why are there four Gospels? Um, There are not uh, four Gospels. Uh, There's one Gospel that unfolds four different pictures or portraits. It's one Gospel. In other words, it's one Gospel, but each Gospel presents a different perspective a different picture of the life and the ministry of Jesus so we need all four to get the full picture are you with me then let me give you the pictures or the perspectives of the gospel i have them before you on the screen four portraits and here you might want to take some notes this is important four portraits of Jesus as seen in the gospels matthew Oh, y'all come on, read it with me. Y'all awfully quiet. Come on, read it with me. Matthew presents Jesus as what? The king of kings. Mark is what? The servant man or the servant God. Y'all come on, read it with me. Luke is what? The perfect son of man. And then John is the son of God. Matthew, the king of kings. Mark, the son of man. Luke, the perfect son of man. In the gospel of John, we see Jesus as the son of who, saints? God. The gospel of Matthew, we see Jesus as king. Matthew's gospel was written to the Jew to prove that Jesus is Messiah. And because it was written to Jews, get this, there are 99 quotes from the Old Testament in the gospel of Matthew, more than any of the other gospels. The word fulfilled is used 34 times in Matthew as in fulfilled prophecy. Matthew's gospel begins with the genealogy, and it goes through David. And again, proving that Jesus is from the right lineage to be the Messiah. I like to say that Jesus, that Matthew was a Jew, writing to the Jews about the king of the Jews. Simple. I remember some 30 years ago, perhaps you you know the name uh, Anthony Ruby. Uh, Tony Ruby, Anthony Ruby, he's the first person I led to the Lord ever in my entire life. And um, so I remember the Holy Spirit just telling me that I needed to disciple him because I led him to the Lord. You know, some people are like, you know, they have to go to discipleship classes and, you know, learn all this stuff. Nobody ever told me that. The Holy Spirit told me that. That when you lead somebody to the Lord, it's your responsibility to disciple them. Somebody say amen. So, I'm going to disciple him, And I, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I knew zippo, zero, nothing about the Bible. Keep in mind, I went to Catholic school all my life. And a lot of uh, uh, high school. Um, well, actually, the first two years in 10th grade, I got kicked out. That's not a sermon. And... Um, don't ask. And um, so I, you know, I saw the disciples on the, on, the, on the windows, and I saw the statues, but I knew nothing about the Bible. I knew nothing about Scripture, so I decided I'm going to go buy a Bible. I'm going to disciple Anthony Ruby in the Scriptures. So I went to buy a Bible, and, and I remember I bought my first Bible. It was the Unger's Bible Dictionary, and I will never forget that Bible dictionary because that Bible dictionary was $32. I will never forget that $32 to me, that was a lot of money. Keep in mind, this is 30 years ago. Keep in mind, I wasn't a good student. I had never bought a book in my life. So, say amen. Where y'all at? Y'all know you know what I'm talking about, okay? Y'all like, oh, really? I can't believe it. Never bought a book in my life. Neither have you. And uh, so, I got, so I, you know, I get this book, and I'm going through the Gospels, and I'm like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn who Matthew is, who Mark is, who Luke is, who John is, and then I'm going to share this with Anthony Ruby. And so by the time I, you know, went through the scriptures and, 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 and learned who these people were, then I, I remember concluding, after studying Matthew, I remember concluding that Matthew is a Jew writing to the Jews about the king of the Jews. The Gospel of Mark writes to show Jesus as the servant man, In Mark's gospel, are you listening? In Mark's gospel, you see the phrase, write it down, and immediately, 82 times. Mark's gospel, Jesus is the servant of God who moves quickly and immediately. In Mark, we see Jesus, the suffering servant, who came to serve and not to be served and to give his life a ransom for many. No genealogy in Mark's gospel because servants didn't have genealogy in the Roman Empire. Mark is writing to a Gentile audience throughout the Roman Empire. And then the Gospel of Luke. The emphasis in Luke is on the humanity of Jesus. Dr. Luke is not writing to the Jews or to the Romans. He's writing to the Greeks. Keep in mind the Greeks were developed in their thinking. It was the Greeks who had the idea of the perfect man in appearance and in intelligence, all in one. Luke is writing to show Jesus is the perfect man. Luke is writing to show that Jesus is 100% man, and who knows the rest? And 100% God. In Luke, there's an emphasis on compassion and the touchability of Jesus, the Son of Man, who came to live among sinners, to love them, to guide them, to care for them, to die for them. The Gospel of John, the emphasis in the Gospel of John is the deity of Jesus. John's point is to show that Jesus is the Son of God, the Word made flesh. John's gospel, listen, is not about Christ. John's intent is to present Christ to us. John chapter 1, verse 18. Go ahead and peek there, if you will. John chapter 1, verse 18. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Look at 1 18. And come on, read verse 18 with me. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. Now you can write this word under declared. This word declared is the Greek word exegesis. Or we have the Greek the word exegesis or exegete. In other words, the son of God has exegeted the father or the Son has brought the Father out into the open. So John's gospel is written with a very deep intent to declare the Father and to declare Jesus as the Son of God. Now, I think there's a misconception about the gospel of John because many people, look at me, give me your attention. Many people think that the gospel of John is easy. And when people get saved, I've done it myself, when people get saved, you you immediately tell them, hey, read the gospel of John because we think the gospel of John is easy. Uh, Listen, uh, John's gospel is anything but easy. As a matter of fact, John's writing style is mystical and abstract. John says things that you need to look at two, three times to get the impact. You know, if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you've heard me say this before, that God's word is deep enough for a theologian to drown in and shallow enough for what? A baby to swim in. You've heard me say that before. And that's a profound comment. Um, Many of you probably think that I came up with that profound comment because I am profound. (laughs) Say amen. I did not come up with that. It actually, listen, was Alan Redpath who said in regards to the gospel of John... God's word is deep enough for a theologian to drown in and shallow enough for a baby to swim in. John's gospel is deep and yet very simple. There's more theology in John's gospel than any other gospel. At the same time, John is simple. What do you mean, pastor? Well, listen, John uses approximately a 600 word vocabulary. Did you get that? A 600-word vocabulary, John uses the vocabulary of a 7- or 8-year-old. Very simple. Now, in the English language, we have approximately 10,000 words. In the Greek language, they have approximately 60,000 words. Uh, That's why the Greek language is a lot more expansive than our language. For example, the Greeks have four words for love. We have one word for love. We say, I love my dog, I love my cat, I love, my, I love ice cream, I love my wife, I love church, I love, 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 Pastor Rodney, I love, um, <laughs> I love this. And we have one word for love. The Greeks have four words for love, uh, storge, uh, eros, agape, and which one? Phileo, that's it, Philadelphia. How can I forget that, Philly? In Philadelphia. So the Greeks have a much more expansive language than we do. John's gospel is simple and transparent and yet beautiful and truthful. The early church fathers considered John the greatest theologian of that day. John's gospel is different, listen, in that it takes us to higher ground. What do you mean? 90%, get this, 90% of the material in John's gospel is found no other place in scripture. Think about that. Only John gives us the discourse on the second birth. Only John gives us the teaching on the Holy Spirit. Only John gives us the real Lord's prayer in John chapter 17. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, is not the Lord's prayer. That is a prayer that Jesus gave to the disciples in response to a question, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, well, pray something like this. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That's not the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is John chapter 17. Write it down. Read it. It's beautiful where Jesus is praying for the world and he's praying for the disciples and best of all, He's praying for you. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. The Lord's Prayer you will only find in John's Gospel. Only John gives us a clear teaching on the doctrine of the Trinity. Only John is writing to believers. Got a pen? John uses the word son 52 times. John uses the word father. 127 times, more than the New Testament combined. John used the word God 77 times. He uses the word Lord 44 times. He uses the word, the word 35 times. He uses the word life 42 times. Believe 92 times. Jesus 247 times. John probably finished his gospel and looked back and went, wow, that's heavy. John probably read his own gospel and saying, hey, I bless myself. <laughs> that's good stuff. John is an interesting man, probably 15, 17 years old when Jesus called him. John was the youngest apostle and the longest to live. Post-resurrection, Paul said there were 500 witnesses who saw Jesus. I bet John was one of them. John was part of the 120 in the upper room. John was part of the 70 that were sent out with exousia. What's that, Willis? Power. Authority. They were sent out to raise the dead and to heal the sick and to preach the word. John was part of the 12. But more important than that, John was part of the three. Remember, come on, y'all. Peter, James, and and John. John is the writer of five gospels. The gospel of John, first epistles, first, second, third John, and the book of Revelation. Oh, you know the story. Domitian demanded to be worshiped, and because John and the Christians refused to worship him, he declared war on the Christians and the leaders of the Christian church. John is about 100 years old, and he won't die. Amen. God knows when you die. Did you hear me? It's appointed once unto men to die and then what? Judgment. God knows when that appointment is. They tried to kill John. They tried to boil him in oil and, and, and he, he wouldn't die. They tried to kill him in other various ways and he wouldn't die. So Domitian had John exiled to the rocky, barren, deserted island of Patmos, where he received the revelation of what we have in the scriptures today. And after John, I'll wait because that's a great book. Clap your hands if you will. And after John received the revelation, then he went back to the church that he was serving as an elder. He went back to that church and just continued eldering, I think, doing, doing the elder work. And um, and serving in the church. John is known as the apostle of love. Why? Because the story goes that the apostle of love became well known for his single sentence sermons. Keep in mind, listen, John was famous at this time. He is the last living apostle. Everybody else has been martyred. So, John is old, but John is famous. And he's so old, he can't walk. And so, he had some disciples that would take him around to different churches, and everywhere John went, churches would pack out. And people would hang through the windows because John was there. John's coming to town. Made me think of some years ago, I took a trip to Includes Romania, and you, to get the clues, you got to go through Transylvania. There's a real Transylvania, y'all, and it was creepy. And uh, so we're in Cluj, and you know it's hard for me because we're in Cluj, Romania. We're in a church, maybe maybe just a little smaller than this, and it is. Packed because the guest speakers here from the US and it is packed, and people are 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 are, are flooding through the windows and 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 looking in and, and wanting to hear the word and, and and it is an interesting thing. It's hard for me because as God has opened doors for me, um I've traveled so many places and um and everywhere I've gone, it's because of this book. To take the gospel. I'm not going on vacation. I, I don't get that many vacations actually. And, and when I do, I just want to stay home because I like my bed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh <laughs> and uh so I you know, I'm in these countries and you know, and, and people gather and they, they, just, they, when they gather, they stretch out their neck. They just want to hear a word. They just want to hear something that's going to encourage them and change them. And I just came back from Africa a couple of weeks ago, you know, and, and, and people are, they want you to preach and they preach a long time. And, you know, I preach for like an hour and so in there. And I'm like, okay, I'm at the end of my sermon. They're like, are, really? Can't you just go get some water and come back? We'll stay here for another three hours. And then I come back to the U.S. and it's hard for me because people here it seems that not all and I praise God I think in this church not so much but but in many many churches people are so ambivalent to the word of God
0: you have been listening to Salt and Light a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex North Carolina